hello and welcome in to week three of our spring 2023 curriculum podcast. We are working through the book of Daniel. This week we are hitting Daniel 3 verses 1 through 30 and I'm here with Mike Donahue. Hello everybody, excited to be here. And if you didn't know, Mike is more than just a ping pong and cornhole guy. He is also a... uh, I love her scripture and is excited to, to dive into this with you guys this week. So Mike, maybe start us by just giving us a quick recap of what we covered with Allie last week. Yeah, great. So we talked about Daniel 2 uh, verses 1 to 49. Um, so it's kind of a, a weird passage. It's of, we were just in, you know, we heard about King Nebuchadnezzar. Um, he has this dream um, and no one in the land um, can interpret it. And so he says this, this is what I firmly decided. If you not tell me what my dream was and interpret, I will cut you into pieces and your house is turned into piles of rubble. So there's some pressure this on the journey. pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, he is intense. If you don't interpret my dream right, I will cut you to pieces. Um, no one can interpret it. He sends a decree over the whole land to kill anyone who are quote unquote, the wise men. Um, but then Daniel um, goes up to him and asks him for another day and to to save him and his friends. And that night, Daniel receives a vision. Um, and actually, it says he um, just got knowledge from God and he was able to interpret the dream for Nebuchadnezzar. Um, it was a dream of a statue um, with different types of uh, materials. So there's iron, there's clay, there's gold, there's all these different things. Um, and Daniel just talks about how each each of the different materials represents um, a different kingdom. And he ends up telling him um, that a lesser kingdom will come and overthrow Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, but there'll be one kingdom, um, the kingdom of God that will come in and destroy them all and will actually stay forever. Um, so it's kind of this interesting, weird passage um, so just a lot of different stuff happening, dream interpretation, different symbolisms and stuff. Um, but then we jump in, this is where we jump into Daniel three. Cool. Yeah. So we've established that King Nebuchadnezzar is a pretty intense dude, but he's yeah. a fan of power. Uh, <laughs> so as you might imagine, he's not a huge fan of this dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mike, go ahead and lead us into Daniel three and kind of tell us a little bit of, of his response and, uh, just unpack what we're going through this week. Yeah. So, uh, Daniel 3, um, maybe coincidentally, maybe not, starts out with saying that King Nebuchadnezzar made a statue of gold 60 cubits high and six cubits wide. So he, you know, we don't really, the text doesn't show us if it's in response, but it kind of seems like it is. And and so he says that... uh, that there will be music that will play across the land and people need to bow down and worship um, his statue because he wants people to come and worship him. And so uh, our three friends that we saw in Daniel 2, Daniel's friends, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, they actually do not bow down and worship the the statue. And so it comes back to King Nebuchadnezzar um, and he tells them, you must bow down to my statue. Um, if you don't, I'm going to throw you into a blazing furnace. So once again, this guy's a little crazy. <laughs> um, but um, so yeah, we get to see their response, um, and then we get to see God deliver them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think that 
one important thing here is that for some of us, the story may be really new and really exciting. And for others, we um, have maybe become a little desensitized to this story and just how incredible it is because we uh, have grown up in church or Sunday school or uh, have watched the, the Veggie Tales version of this time and time again. Uh, but I think to come to this with, with fresh eyes uh, and see this is a really rich passage um, and that it has a lot, a lot to offer to us. So um, as you took some time with this passage, Mike, what really stood out to you and what um, got you fired up? Yeah, so I think this has always been one of my favorite stories. Um, and I think I think my favorite part is their response. So it's in verses 16 to 18. They reply to the king and say, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So, I mean, even just reading this, it's like those verses even like preach themselves, you know, I think, but it's just an amazing act of faith. I love the beginning of verse 18, but even if he doesn't, Mm -hmm. um, just this idea of this even if faith, um, while there's like this duality of that, they totally believe that God is willing and able to deliver them. But even if he does not deliver them, um, that they still trust him, that they're not going to give into his pressure, um, that they're not going to serve their gods, um, that they're actually willing to go and die by fire um, before um, submitting to the king. So it's this just amazing de- demonstration of even if faith. Yeah. So let's unpack that even a little bit more. What does it look like for us to uh, to emulate this sort of faith, to, to live this sort of faith out? Um, maybe what does that even look like in your own life to have an even if faith? Yeah, so I remember my freshman year, I like I used to really struggle with anxiety and I remember hearing this story and being like, all right, I'm gonna pray this prayer and I'm gonna say, Lord, like I want to be healed from anxiety. I know you are capable. Um, and so I fully believe that you can. Um, but even if you don't, I still trust you that you, I still trust that you're a good God, that you love me and you are in control. Um, and it was just a really powerful moment for me to like full, uh, and I can genuinely say I like fully got to believe both of those, both of those sides. Um, so that's a personal example, um, from my life, but kind of like, that's a good example, but kind of something I want to get to hit on the other side of like, I don't want you guys to like shy away from praying these big prayers because of the fear of like, well, what if I pray it? And then he doesn't answer. Um, and so there can be like a downside, uh, just or maybe not a downside, but just to see something in this passage that just points to the fact that um, still actually trusting the second half of the sentence, actually trusting that if he doesn't heal you, if he doesn't give you want, he's not a good God or he's not in control or anything. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think there's like this type of, of spirituality that's even pretty common in our culture where our faith is all dependent on what God can do for us mm-hmm. uh, and less just about who he is um, and who he shows himself to be. And so I think that, yeah, there's this level to where having this even if level of faith actually allows us to to pray big prayers, knowing that knowing what the character of our God is, um, but not staking um, our hope or our faith on, 
you know, on the results, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the huge part is not staking our faith and our hope and our trust on the results um, of kind of the prayer that we, the prayers that we pray, and and not like being angry with him if he doesn't give you what you want. I think I think that's even what like I'm even trying to hit of like, well, you delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, so why aren't you delivering me from this mm-hmm. or those type of like. Um, I don't know, I'm praying that you'll deliver me from an addiction and you're not doing it, you know, you must not be good or all these different things to just not fall into that trap of like, you're not good unless you give me what I want, just like you gave them kind of thing. Yeah, like God is good even in just the fact that we can have a relationship with him, right? That he's made that available through Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. So as we continue to unpack this a little bit um, and look to try to connect it to um, to campus life, how do you feel like this passage uniquely speaks to college students? Yeah, and so um, even just preparing for this podcast, I feel like this section almost just pops off the page. Um, if you look at it, of you know, in our world today, there's a bunch of a bunch of social pressures um, that are kind of coming down as there's. You know, there's pressure to get the right grades, um, to get a good job, the right internship. There's pressure to date this person or to date that person. Uh, there's pressure to look like you're having fun on the weekends on social media, or um, there's pressure to be having sex or getting drunk or partying. All these things that the world is trying to pressure us um, into. But this is, at least for me, is a motivating story to see people who are under pressure to oblige um, to like social commands and stand firm. And if you think about it, their their pressure that was coming down on them was a king saying, I'm going to throw you into the furnace if you don't do what I say. Our pressure is I might be embarrassed or they may think I'm boring. So even, and I'm not trying to downplay anybody's feelings, um, but just to know that like these guys were able to stand up to this immense social pressure um, so that you, and I fully believe this can be a motivator for you guys to be able to do that too. Yeah. It's an incredible witness for us. Uh, as we also look about, um, you know, every week we want to hit what are some maybe potential misinterpretations, some red flags as we, uh, dive into discussion. Um, did you run into any of those as you, um, looked over the passage? Yeah. And so, um, I think we hit, I think we hit there's, I think there's kind of two main ones. We hit a little bit earlier this like expectancy to God respond the way that we want him to um, and our faith wavering if he doesn't. But also there can also be this thing of like, well, this is an example of them standing up to power, standing up to authority, to be disrespectful um, and all these things. And I even was reading this and it kind of stood out to me in, in 17 and 18, it says, they say, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we know, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your God to worship the image of gold you have set up. So there's even this like level of respect they, they still have for Nebuchadnezzar in the midst of doing this, that there wasn't this like big stand that they were trying to, you know, start a riot over or anything. They were they cared more about like being obedient to God mm-hmm. than saying no to Nebuchadnezzar. Um, so just don't want this to be a place that you're like, hey, they stood up to that king and just to go out and disrespect authority. Yeah. And I think that there's even a respect for authority that they inherently disagree with, right? Yeah. Um, but even in that, I love 
there's this part in verse 16 where they say, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter, mm-hmm. um, which is such a bold thing to say to this ruthless king <laughs> yeah. that we've already established. But I think there's this level of like, no, we respect you know who you are, but that doesn't mean we have to do um, necessarily everything that you say. And we understand who has ultimate authority, which is our God. Yeah. Uh, and they're able to attest to that. Totally. Cool. Um, so looking kind of out of this week, um, what's maybe some, some practical applications of this story in the students' lives? Yeah. Um, so I think something that is really kind of, you don't really see it right off the bat, um, is you see these guys and you see them living uh, this life of this even if faith. And you're like, wow, look at those guys. And you think, you know, they're just these superheroes of the faith that they're so amazing and all these different things. But something I think is actually cool that if you look back to Daniel 1, I think like if the story of Daniel 1 doesn't happen the way it happens, I don't think Daniel 3 happens the way it happens. Mm. Um, Of that they say like, they start small in their obedience with not defiling themselves um, with the king's food, um, that they choose to stick true to what, they stick true to obedience um, and they get to see the Lord respond in a miraculous way and that, you know, we see that they chose to not eat all these different foods and eventually they were better than anyone else in their class, I guess is what you want to call it. Um, And so they're like small obedience to not defile themselves by like, eating meat, you know, of like, and watching the way that God delivered them sets them up well for Daniel three to get to be like, no, I've seen what God does, how he delivers me when I'm trying to be obedient and not giving into social pressure. Um, and he miraculously met us there. Now I, now because of that, I know he can miraculously meet us here too. Um, so this thing of like, wow, that can never be me um, feeling of like, I, I don't think I'd have that faith they didn't get there just because of nothing. They started small um, and they watched the Lord move in the small um, and stayed obedient and learned to trust him. So when they got to that moment, they, it wasn't even a challenge. Like it's even just, like you said, even it's so simple of their first response is like, we don't have to defend ourselves to you. Um, so it wasn't, it seems like this huge thing, but I think it was just their normal. Um, because of how disciplined and consistent mm. they stayed in their obedience and trust. That's really good. Cool. Well, Mike, thank you so much for diving into this passage for us and setting us up for discussion. Uh, we just hope that you guys have a really fruitful conversation in your groups this week, and we will be back to dive into Daniel 4 next time. Yeah. See you guys. See you guys. See you guys.